Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I am here today with Sammy Cobrosley. And did I say that right? You, you nailed it, brother. You Sam, nailed it, man. I am here with Sammy Cobrosley, and we're going to talk about winning. And Sammy has just gotten a crash course here over the last few years about how you navigate the confusing, overwhelming odds against breaking out of the mass of people who want to do something big and they actually do something big. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, it, you got to navigate yourself through the uh, fire there, you know, after you get the big idea. So Sammy, uh, your company, you're a co-founder of Snacklands, as I understand it. Correct. See right behind me on the wall. Absolutely. And, uh, you're in your warehouse, your factory right now. So anybody hears any noise, that's because Sammy's working. And uh, your company is plant-based crisp snacks. And uh, you got a, uh, I don't know, how long, how long have you been doing that? So you know, you're from the time you had an idea. Yeah, uh, honestly, it's, uh, it was a bar bet that's just gotten really out of hand since then. Uh, about five years ago, a buddy of mine bet me at the bar to make a vegan pork rind. Uh, uh -huh. And so I went home and I was like, all right, let me see if I can figure this out. Um, but what we ended up having, you know, wasn't just this like plant-based chicharron. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like right. this crunchy, salty, delicious snack. And, you know, everything just kind of snowballed since then. But yeah, it was a bar bet about five years ago. Uh, what? So. What? What obviously you selected the correct bar bet to pursue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we won't we we won't get into some of the other bar bets that were on the table. And Lord yeah. knows Lord knows where that would have led you. But uh you selected the the, the correct one to pursue. And uh uh by let's see, was it 2019 or so, a couple years ago, a couple three years ago, you were on you got you got enough to where you were. On Shark Tank, you got uh, 250000 for 5% equity and 5% of advisory shares. And then you exploded to $1.8 in sales. Uh, your operating costs are low. And uh, you're rated in the, one of the top food trends of 2019 by Whole Foods. You're not only in Whole Foods, you're rated as one of the top trends and sold at Amazon, Walmart, Thrive Market, 7-Eleven in LA, and probably more places breaking out all the time. But congratulations, Sammy, that's, that's incredible. Thank you, yeah, like we said. So I think, you know, when you talk about winning, you know, for us it was, it was this bar bet to make a vegan pork rind, right? But we were making them, people, we were putting them in like little bags, we were selling them at some local stores, some breweries, and we started to see that we were selling a lot. And we're like, well, why are we selling a lot? Because it, you know, it can't be this vegan pork rind. Like, what else is there? You know, what is the reason behind that? And that's kind of how we, you know, we fall into that, that plant crisp. Like we realized that people were buying snacklins because it was a delicious snack that had simple ingredients. You know what I mean? It was mushrooms, onions, yucca, 
It was, you know, healthy. It was low in calories. It was low in sodium. Like they could eat the whole bag and it's 90 yeah. calories. And so, you know, we've kind of listened to that audience. You know, we listen to, we listen to our customers and, you know, we've pivoted and kind of moved towards them and, you know, and really focused and, and flourished because of that. Yeah. As opposed to eating the whole bag and it's a thousand calories, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like I've never been, I tell people this, like I've never been one and they're like, the serving size is eight chips. Like I give them the middle finger and I walk on, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've never eaten eight chips in my life. I've never only had two Oreos. So mm. like, I don't want to hear these serving size things. And so, you know, that's how we, that's, that was the mentality behind snack ones. Like you eat that whole bag, like that single serving size, it's filling. It's the exact same size as all the other competitors out there. And it's a filling bag of chips and it's delicious first and foremost, you know? Yeah. And so how did you, uh, I mean, did you have a background in food preparation and the food world? Uh, somewhat and somewhat. No, I actually, my prior job before this was, I was a radio morning show host for a pop uh, station in Washington, DC. Is that uh, right? Shout out hot, <laughs> shout out hot 99.5. Um, uh, yeah, so I worked there from like 20 until whatever. But while I was doing that, I befriended a lot of people in the restaurant industry. And you kind of realize that, you know, people in the restaurant industry, they work at three and they work till late. If you work a morning show, you'll work from 3 a.m. and you're off by noon. So we all had that noon to three time off. Yeah. And I end up hanging out with a lot of restaurant folks because of that, because everyone else was at a real job, you know, except for them. They weren't they weren't going yet. They were like, I'm gonna go to my real job for another three hours. Yeah. And just befriending a bunch of like chefs and restaurateurs, I started staging. Like, you know, just I just want to come in and learn is what I'd ask them. You know, and I'd come in and help out for a couple of days, chopping stuff up and helping out, you know, and over the years, you know, I've worked or staged at everything from dive bars to Michelin, you know, to, to restaurants in the Michelin guide. I worked yeah. at a bakery forever. Like I loved my bakery job. It was probably my favorite job of all time. Just I made a crap ton of bread all the time. Um, and I just, you know, I think that, yeah, I, I, I developed this, you know, I developed this reputation in the area amongst, amongst friends as kind of making weird stuff and always experimenting and, you know, being into that. And so I think that that mix with just the timing of, oh, wow, one of these crazy experiments I made, like people actually like it. You know, it, it wasn't that I made it thinking I'm going to start a company. We made it just for awesome to have it. And then our friend that owned a brewery was like, yo, dude, these are great. Can you come by this weekend and just like sell them to people at the brewery? Like it would be yeah. huge. We'll give you a free beer. And we're like, that's awesome. So yeah. we took the free beer. You know what I mean? Like we just jumped at that opportunity. We're like, okay, while we were there that weekend, someone that owns a, uh, that owns a local grocery store here in DC called Glen's Garden Market. They just approached us and they said, Hey, these are great guys. And if you guys actually like put these in real bags, got yourself a logo, like figure out a name, like put nutrition facts on it, like people would buy these vegan pork rinds. Like, this is a great idea. Uh, and that's what kind of stirred us into doing that. You know, we started off with that one store, you know, so we went from free uh -huh. beer to selling it in one store as a side hustle. And sooner or later, you know, after a year or so, that that's, I was I was running out of my job every day just so I could work on snacklins, you know, and I was cutting down on my time working just so I could help out with snacklins. And then, you know, slowly my side hustle became, you know, the real job. And, you know, since then, we know, we've grown like I'm mean, right now. You can't see it from from my angle, but right. there's a 10,000 square foot manufacturing facility back there, you know. So from starting off with making it in my apartment, you know, for my friends, like, you know, for my friends pretty awesome to know that you got you know 20 people back there working right now just making a ton of chips a ton of snacks well it's staggering because of the short timeline 
short time frame that it happened. And, yeah, and uh, I think part of it also is like, you know, that we took control of that manufacturing. Uh, I think a lot of people, there are, a, I guess, entrepreneurs, whatever they are, like a lot of people are looking for a shortcut, you know? Yeah. And so if they make something delicious, they go, well, who can make this for me, right? Who can make yeah. this for me cheaper than I'm making it now? Where yeah. we said, well, we don't want to be held accountable for that. We don't want to be giving up our, you know, those profit margins. You don't want to even be like just the fluidity that we have, like the nimbleness that we have to be able to jump in to do something new. Yeah, you have to. We have to have our own manufacturing facility for that. And so, you know, investing that manufacturing facility really helped us because it's not about us trying to source and find new things. Like we already know where all that is. All we have to do is make more snacks. Yeah, and the idea to take that approach. How did you come to that conclusion, or why did you know that was the right way to move rather than follow the way other people? Uh, go funny. I was going to say, in hindsight, it's actually pretty funny because it was clearly the right move, and it's been our, the best move that we've ever made is owning our own manufacturing, yeah. uh, and especially owning like the IP, you know, the IP manufacturing. So all the manufacturing that kind of makes us special, like we do that in house. You know, no one else sees that. No one else knows what we're doing. And that was honestly, it wasn't that I had some grand scheme to one day do that. It was out of necessity. It was the fact that we reached out to all these other people that manufactured snacks and said, hey, can you make our snacks? And they go, oh, no, you guys use fresh vegetables? No, sorry, we can't, you know? And it was that necessity trying to find somebody that could make my recipe, take my recipe and just execute on a larger scale that no one could. And so yeah. that led me to, you know, that led me to the internet. And from the internet, I went to China, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and so like, the internet led me to China and I just was looking at machines and looking at all these pieces. And I ended up traveling around to different cities in China my first time, going to a bunch of manufacturing facilities, looking at what they were doing, looking at the things, kind of piecemealing a bunch of different pieces together, you let's know, get, let's get, let, some machines. Let's get this straight. Let's, let's get this straight. Here you are starting this thing up from a bar yeah. bet and in a short period of time, you're touring factories and meeting people in China. <laughs> I was literally just on like Alibaba, reaching out to everyone I could. And they'd be like, oh, where are you at? Oh, okay, cool. And I was just like setting up. I knew I wanted to check out these like five factories. Um, and I just had to figure out how to get there. So I remember flying into Beijing. I had a bunch of random train tickets, a bunch of random hotel reservations. And all I knew was that I'd be in this city for 24 hours just so that I could possibly have that two hour meeting or three hour meeting with that manufacturer, you know, and I don't know, it is a little bit crazy, I guess. But at the time, it just seemed so it seemed like that's what you have to do. Like, that's the only thing I know what to do. Like, that's the only way I can do it. Like, what else am I going to do? Hey, listen, there's a lot of information online, but there aren't a lot of people who have actually done something. In my case, I've actually built a successful business that's accrued over $5 billion in assets under management and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now. I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up. You know? Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, of uh, like Phil Knight with Nike. You know, mm -hmm. he, he was a track, track guy and uh, 
used track shoes and he knew the Japanese had great shoes, but they didn't sell them in the United States. And so he had this great idea. I'm going to get these shoes. Uh, in fact, I've got a friend who knew him when he worked in the, in the back of a big department store there and sh- in the little athletic section and sold shoes, you know, and uh, awesome. he, he knew him before and he's living with his parents and he gets a suit. He buys a suit and gets makes a trip to Japan and tours all of the factories there and in his suit, like, you know, I want to represent you in the United States. And he found one that would do it. And uh, that's how the whole thing started, you yeah. know. Uh, but it's like, but you got to do it. Honestly, like, it's not that we went to China. I mean, it's almost like that Phil Knight approach. He knew, like, well, the people that are making the best athletic shoes are in Japan, right? I looked and there was companies that make the same machinery I wanted to here. But when you start to break it down in the components, you realize, wait, these are all coming from someone else. You know, who is that someone else? And it was doing that research that led me to that, those kind of that, that someone else, that person that's, who's the people that are making all the components that they're assembling in Germany? You know, who are the people that are this? Because I knew that I couldn't have something that was pre-made. Like I didn't have a lot of space. I wasn't going to have a lot of space. I didn't have a lot of a budget. Right. So I knew I needed something that could fit my budget and also could fit the space I had. And so I figured I might as well go to the people that are, that are making it from the get go for them. And yeah. I can have them customize it myself. I can have them do this myself. And I could kind of do all that myself, you know. And, you know, it was it was out of necessity. But now since then, you know, I love going back. We have amazing partners over there that we work with. And, you know, I... Well, it, it sounds to me now, Sammy, like you had a full-time job. You started this and it was a part-time job. Eventually became full-time. But mm-hmm. it was... I, but what I'm hearing is that is you came full time and you saw, you know, we need things. We need to figure stuff out. We're never going to go anywhere unless we get this in place, this in place and the other. And your full time job became how can we expand? You know, and so you because you yeah. kept you kept the other stuff going, uh, uh, making uh, the uh, uh, snacklings and distributing them and stuff like that. That was still going on while you were doing all this other investigation and getting other things lined up. Is that right? I mean, yeah, you got to talk. I mean, we were in 500 stores before we stopped, like actually hand making everything. You know what I mean? Like we were hand doing the entire process. So like it started off with me going home, I would start making snacklings and I would just make, 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 make a bunch of stuff, get it all ready to go, go to bed at 2 a.m., wake up at 6 a.m., crank out some more, go to my job, you know, and I was doing that. By the time we got to a point that I was like, I need help, right? We hired Sylvia, who's, you know, she's our employee number two. Like, her and I, baby, we've killed it, right? And Sylvia, we brought her on. She needed a part-time job in the evening. We go, great. I give you some hours. And I was, you know, I was helping her out. I was leaving, serving tables at a restaurant just so I could make enough money so that I could pay her for the hours she had, plus have some cash left over so that I could do stuff. And then, you know, we'd go back during the daytime again. During the daytime, I'd be doing deliveries. I'd be finishing up labeling. I'd be kind of working on the business side of it. Evening came. Sylvia would start making snacks again. I would serve tables, save that money from the table so I could pay her her salary and still have a little bit left over so I could kind of get to the next day. You know, and it was that that constant hunt. And it's, and it's not like it's – and there's nothing wrong with people that are that think it all out beforehand and actually build the facility first and foremost. I want to make this product. So if I want to make this, I want to do this. 
we just never planned on it, you know, and we kind of slow rolled our way into that. And by doing so, you know, we were hand making everything. And so, yeah, there was a time that I looked and I go, Sylvia, we've got two people here working full time and we're only making this much. Like we can never make enough money to build this into like a real company or like right. ever make enough snacks. We have to find ways to do more and to do more without it being so labor intensive, you know, like, yeah. so we saw, like, you know, we look by, like we've got a, room full of machines in the back but we still have the exact same people that have been working on us for years you know what i mean wow. and so as efficiencies increased it's not that we got rid of our team no 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 we now can make more with the same people that we had you know where a lot yeah. of people looked at it as a well i can make more so now i need less people we said no 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 we can now use those people and make even more than we did beforehand right with these efficiencies in place right and what uh it's great to have the master's program and the business degrees and this, there's nothing wrong with that. However, I'll, and it's nothing wrong with having plenty of funding coming out of the gate, but a lot of times you don't all the time, you don't know what you don't know. And when you start a lot of times you think you're smarter than you are when you have degrees and mm -hmm. you know, you have the formal training and this, that, the other, you feel like you're a little bit smarter than everybody else. And a little bit freer to spend all that cash. You know, if you've got a lot of rich friends who give you a lot of money and uh, a lot of people tell me that if they'd had the money early on, they would have made spend it on the wrong things. And it was mm -hmm. good for them that they had to work their way up. Cause I'd submit to you, you learned what you needed to know during that process from you know, cause you're thinking about it all the time. You're working around the clock and you got that subconscious genius, instinctive, creative mind working on solving problems and tell, you know, looking for solutions and you're discovering things, you know, when you leave your, your job, you go out, you're doing this and uh, you learn things that you could not learn any other way, but that prepped you. Uh, to when you got in front of people in China, they knew this guy was a real deal. He's going somewhere because you had, you know, you had created that energy, that vibe, that instinct, that experience. And winners can smell winners, you know. And mm -hmm. if you did not have that, if you just fallen out of bed uh, the first week out of putting this the Cracklins uh, idea together and the first trip to the beer company and then gone to china they were they were probably not giving you the time of day but well i think it's also it's it's the respect you gain from taking the time to learn the craft right and a lot of people don't do that a lot of people say i have this idea i want to make these granola bars that are keto this and i want to do it like all right well hold on let's back it up a have you made granola bars in the past like, do you make granola bars? Like, did you work in food beforehand or just like an idea? Like, B, like, what do you know about food manufacturing? And I realized that, that like when I was there, those first two years when we were just hand making everything, yeah. I spent a lot of time just trying to learn and learn as much as possible so that when I do walk in, I mean, John, John, our operations director here, yeah. him and I, he's my age. So we're both young in our early 30s, right? Mid 30s. Yeah. And when we walk down to a factory, we can sit there and talk to someone who's been working for every major CPG brand you can imagine for the past 50 years, you know, 40 years. And when they start talking about machines, when they're walking down the production line, they know yeah. that we're not just some marketing guy. Like they go, oh, these guys actually know about the machines. Like they, yeah. Yeah. When they see us inspecting the machines. And that's what I'm into. Like 
I want, I have to learn all that because I don't want to just be someone who goes, oh, well, I have a guy for that. Like, no, I want to be just as good as my guy for that. So that way, when I speak to my guy for that, he's not just pulling one over on me. I'm not there sticking to this, this, like, I actually know what I'm talking about. And so when I walk in these situations, I can speak from a voice of authority because they go, hey, he may has not been doing it for 40 years like me, but he's been deep into it for the past four or five years. Right. And he definitely has learned what, you know, what, what he needs to know. And so I can talk to these guys and I was like, dude, what kind of machine does they go? Oh, man, that's called an equilibrator, brother. And I was like, yeah, like I would never know that. Right. But they at least told me as opposed to just like some Joe Schmo because they go, hey, man, we've seen you. We've seen you trying to learn. And like, yeah, straight up, like Kevin Blesey, our CEO, like he is, you know, he's the reason for a lot of our, you know, for a lot of our most recent success, you know, and yeah. that's because his guidance and his leadership has left me so that I can do what I am great at. And that is yeah. make snacks. And yeah. all I want to do is make snacks like I don't. And that's what you need. I'm not some. You know, I'm not the kind of entrepreneur that says, ah, oh, after this, I'm going to go start a car company. And then after this, I'm going to do this. I got this tech platform and I want to start a, pro, a for-profit school. Like, no, 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 no. I want to know everything about snacks. I want to work in snacks. Like, I truly love snacks. And I just happen to be lucky enough that my snack idea has led me to the place I'm in now where I can, you know, work with all these great people. But, you know, I love making snacks. And I do everything I can to learn more about snacks. And at that, and at that raw, stupidest way, like that's where I attribute a lot of my success to. Thanks so much, Sammy. This has just been fantastic. Kind of get into the first phase of your thinking and your approach, and it just strips away the whole thing of, of objections, of barriers to entry into the business world uh, that most people have, you know, I don't have this. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of education. I don't have a lot of insider contacts and things like that. But I got a lot of blisters and cuts, baby. And that's all that matters. So. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Sammy. Can't wait till the next time. Thanks for taking your time. Absolutely, man. Great talking to you. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Whitell and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.